I'm Mike. I'm Dave. And this is Between the Lines. Back. We, we are back. Where's the crowd? We yeah. had a crowd last week. I know. Uh, they, they, uh, it was so expensive to get all those people in for just one segment. Uh, I really just I couldn't spring for it again this week. Did we so. have to give that many people free Frosty coupons yeah, to win? Yeah, I was it was, it was just way too much of an expense. You had all of the seating that we had to set up. It was just ridiculous. Uh, so I just I, I figured, no. I'm not doing it yeah the week. refreshments were just uh, yeah like we spent more money uh it's just a, it was a nightmare we, we are being facetious <laughs> by the way don't know. Uh, if you didn't listen to last week's episode go back and check that out we had uh an episode where we talked about uh anti-semitism in the united states and the ripple effect of the um attacks uh of Hamas on Israel and the defense by the IDF, so on and so forth. Before that, we talked about the actual conflict uh, in Israel. Um, so we just, um, you know, encourage everyone to go ahead and check out those episodes. Uh, again, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash P between the lines and on Twitter at the BTL podcast, as well as on our website, the BTL podcast.com. So this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Yes. So um, it came by fast. It really did. Um, summer is officially here. Um, a lot of people mark Memorial Day as the official start of the summer season, even though it's not uh, meteorolo- meteorologically. Yes. Uh, summer. Um, it's it. We're you know, uh, it's party season. Yeah, it's crack a beer. It's when uh, all the uh, stores at the oceanfront open up. Exactly. To exactly. Get your reason. tomatoes in the ground. Because uh, tomatoes, it's your absolute last chance to get your to get your garden planted. A lot of people say that uh, Memorial Day is the deadline uh, to get your vegetables in. So if you're going to be planting a garden, you better get them in there. If you don't, no pizza. That's that's what I'm saying. No marinara. No marinara sauce. You're not going to be making your own. Mater sauce. Maters. I got I got six tomato plants going. I got six cayenne pepper plants, uh, six sweet orange peppers, and seventeen onions. And a partridge in a pear tree. Right. We are growing. I am growing spaghetti sauce. Is what I'm growing. <laughs> I got it, basil growing. So I'm, I'm. Does it come out of the ground in a pregu? No, uh, it does type not. Of? It's a lot harder than. Oh, okay. Than, than, than well, that. I'm I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I made my own spaghetti sauce last year and it was so good, um, that I'm I'm doing it again this year. It's just amazing, the difference between store bought yes. yeah. and stuff that you make from yourself. scratch is always it, better. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the difference, uh, even the homemade wine uh, for those that. I haven't been listening to the podcast. I've, I've become a vintner, um, and I am now making my own wine. I'm on my third gallon um, that I'm that I'm making. Um, making and, or drinking? <laughs> well, if you make it, you got to drink it, right? What, what's the point of making it if it's just, just going to sit, sit there? there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I just got done bottling the um, bottling the berry wine that I made, and now I've got another batch of apple going. At any rate, the, what my point is, is the homemade wine is way better than 
any wine yeah. I've ever bought in the store. Your your apple wine was pretty uh yeah off the hizzy. It was it was amazing, <laughs> and I'm I'm not even tooting my own horn. I was it was great, and I can't I can't wait for this next batch to be done because I actually went through the proper procedures. The first batch all I did was throw some yeast and some apple juice and and let it ferment. But this one I I went out and I got all the accoutrement. I got the the siphoners oh. and the and the tannins and the Camden tablets and the sodium um, sodium uh, phosphate and all kinds of stuff. Man, you're a regular chemist. Yeah, it, it's 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 um, usually up here in the central Pennsylvania. The only chemistry going on involves a bathtub and a meth lab. Yes, yes, uh, you're you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> this is more um, organic biochemistry than than anything else. But it's 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 interesting and it's fun. It's fun to watch the the process. Uh, when I made the berry wine, it was really neat. I had it almost looked like a berry smoothie. At first, and then the next morning, everything settled to the bottom, and it was I had like three inches of sediment at the bottom. And then oh wow! It, it was really neat. It's a really neat process. I encourage anyone that 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 hasn't tried it to 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 go ahead and just jump right in. Usually, you can find kits on Amazon for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I was gonna you know. do my own beer. My wife actually got me a kit the one oh. year, and uh, I chickened out because I was sitting there thinking to myself. I, I will die <laughs> as a result of whatever concoction I come up with. Well, the good news is, is, is everything I've read, beer and wine are pretty safe. Uh, it's kind of hard to beers a little bit more because it, it almost rots the barley and stuff like that yeah. in, in, a, in a, in a sense. But uh, from, from everything that I've read, there's really no danger as long as you're not getting, sounds gross but you're as long as you're not getting bacterial infections in your wine or your beer uh it's it's safe and they say that it, you'll be able to smell uh, a, a bacterial infection and it'll smell like a a rotten hmm. piece of chicken or something like yeah. that but you won't want to drink it anyway you yeah. it'll smell to the point where you just don't want to drink it um and usually that isn't even a, a big deal either because then your wine if it's the right bacteria your wine's just going to turn into vinegar that's all it's going to happen. And then happen. you can clean with and it. And then you can clean with it. Or you can it. make, uh, what, uh, boardwalk fries. Yeah, I've been drinking, uh, not drinking it, but I've been I've been putting it in, I, I made my own apple, oh, apple, apple cider, cider vinegar. vinegar. Yeah. Uh, and I've been putting that in. That's a little more palatable than yeah. straight vinegar. Straight vinegar, I don't know yeah. too many people that do shots of vinegar. No, no. That would be. Uh, uh, it's supposed to be good for dieting if you drink two tablespoons of um, yeah, I've read apple that. cider vinegar a day or something like that. It shrinks up your stomach. And, you and on next week's episode, we're going to be talking about bowel movements and the frequency of them. And uh, see, this is what conversation. Metamucil. Yes, metamucil and mucilex. Yeah. And this uh, is what happens when you're keeping regular. When you're you know, post thirty five. When when you get old and you're around other old people, did you ever notice topic or yeah. table conversation usually gets pretty shitty at a point? Yeah, at some point, quite it does, literally, it does. It does. Uh, it does turn that direction usually. We always say that it doesn't matter what happens at dinner dinner table, at the dinner table supper talk, it somehow always gets onto that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> farts and poop. Somehow it always <laughs> somehow it always farts. gets around there. Yeah, I mean, when you have an eleven year old at the table though, uh, we're a forty eleven year old. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We're all we're all guilty of it. We all do it. Um, I like a good fart joke every I'm not I'm not above it. 
So um, at any rate, um, this is Memorial Day weekend. So we did want to kind of give a shout out to all of our veterans. Um, so for all of you out there that have served uh, past, present, or plan to serve in the future, uh, we salute you. Yeah. And, um, you know, hey, a round of applause for all you veterans out there. Keep it going. Keep it going for the veterans. Man. Keep it going. Let's keep it going for the veterans out there. Keep it going. We love the veterans here on Between the Lines. Hey, that wasn't a natural uh, lead off. Well, what do you it want me kinda, to do? Kind of <laughs> cut it off at the climax. Man. Yeah, well. Just, we, we. <laughs> that would have been pretty disingenuous <laughs> had we done that. Yeah, I know. Uh, but anyway, we really do love veterans here yes. on, on, on Between the Lines. Uh, greatest people on earth, um, salt of the earth type of people, and we really are th- thankful for your sacrifice. You know what I love about veterans and just uh, military in general is that you will get such a huge diversity of oh, people know it. that exist within a branch of the military. and. They will have so many different views and come from so many different backgrounds, but yet they will all be on the same team. Yep. And they're all fighting for the same goal. Yes. Freedom. At the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, no matter your race, religion, gender, uh, orientation, no matter, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, especially in our military, uh, it's definitely gotten a lot more inclusive um, within the last uh, 20 years or so, but, yeah. um, even, even before that, it was more of a, you be you and all be me and let's not worry about it and just be soldiers kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, but now you're, there's, there's no restrictions, no, no worries about who you are. Um, and that's great. Um, I love our military, every branch, um, even the space force. Uh, <laughs> I still feel weird saying that. I'll be honest with you. I feel like there should be like a theme song that yeah. plays every time you my say nephew, Space Force. My nephew actually just got uh, inducted into the Marines. Oh, that's great. Recently. So great. He, good uh, for him. He Seriously, is, good for him. He uh, actually got promoted to the Honor Guard. Great. So he's... Uh, no, I love it. I love it. And I encourage um, anyone with a strong will um, and a desire to better themselves and the rest of the world, um, you know, by all means... Um, join the military i i very much would have but i i've sustained far too many injuries they didn't want me (laughs) well the uh we were talking a little bit about israel last week not to get back onto that but interesting enough the citizen population has a requirement there Mm -hmm. that they have to serve in the idf yeah is it two years? I think, I think it is. it's two years. It's um, like a two year minimum requirement and they can go further. It might, it might even be like 18 months. But I, I know it's it's close to it's close to two years. It's so I mean it's I think Gal Gadot, who's the Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. she actually served in she, the yeah, IDF she, for she a number did. of years. She did, um, and I I have I mean technically that's conscription. Yeah, and I have it's a little different than yeah. what it is here because we fight. We kind of have um, not so warm and fuzzy feelings when it comes to the word draft. Yes. Well, because but it's on the flip side, we're not particularly thrilled with draft dodgers either. No, we don't like we don't like drafting and we don't like draft dodging. It's weird. Yeah. We're in a, we're in this weird 
So, thing, but. I mean, because even George Bush, uh, the the son, the second George Bush, <laughs> yeah, he got out of. He was reported as being a draft dodger, and you know what? I don't, I don't bear any ill will against a person. I don't know that he was though, because he 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 wasn't a draft dodger. I think he just went into the National Guard instead of actually, or he just played for the Dodgers, which is just as bad. Yeah, but it's just as bad. Like although, like there are rumors that Trump, uh, Trump got deferments. During, I think it was Vietnam for bone spurs mm. in his heels and all kinds of other stuff, which usually only rich kids can get deferments. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there are things to be said. Things have changed. Uh, things have gotten a lo- little tighter with regards so I can get out and whatnot. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, I don't agree with the draft, but then again, there are exigent circumstances like World War II. Yeah. Um, I think Vietnam was bullshit. Uh, yes, the, the draft in Vietnam. Well, was bullshit, it was never a war. No, and that that I mean, we call it the Vietnam War because we recognize it as such, and most historians recognize it as such. But but the, in, on paper, but on paper, it was it never, was a, it, it was a conflict. Yeah, it was a military conflict. So what the fuck is a war? I know whether it's <laughs> whether it's a day or yeah. five years, you know, it doesn't matter. It's funny how we draw these lines. You know what I'm saying? Like we draw the we this. I think I'm quoting. They draw them and we we read between them. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm kind of quoting Breaking Bad here, honestly. But it's funny how we draw these lines. Uh, I guess in Breaking Bad, um, Walter Labs. Yeah, Walter White was saying, you know, in the the scene was. Hank has Cuban cigars and they're lighting up Cuban cigars and Cuban cigars are illegal. And Walt is saying to to Hank, you know, isn't it funny how here we are smoking these cigars that are illegal, but you know, and that's fine. You don't have a problem with smoking a a cigar from Cuba, even though it's against the law. Yeah. But what's the difference between that and meth? All you're doing is you're drawing a line. You, You know what I mean? So it's funny how we draw that line. And the lines are drawn for, uh, Various, yeah, lobby related. Sure, <laughs> but, but but we draw that line. It's a very thin thin yeah. line between war and conflict. What's the difference between a pharmacist and a street pharmacist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, I, I mean, <laughs> accreditation, I guess. If for those of you out there that didn't get that joke, a street pharmacist isn't somebody that's actually licensed. It's, yeah. Usually, like a um, drug yeah. dealer, like Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going back to the Breaking Bad references, but um, at any rate, um, I thought Vietnam was a bullshit. I don't agree with drafts, no. but however, World War Two, had we not, we had to like we we talked about in the last episode, we had to throw soldiers, <laughs> literally yeah. had to throw human people at at the Germans in order to overwhelm them. Yeah, the thing that was kind of. Well, I wouldn't say kind of. I'd say definitely um, kind of disgusting to some degree about the the Vietnam War was how the veterans were treated when, when they, they came, came back. Like, they were treated with utter disdain. Literally spat on yeah. as they were getting off the plane. Absolute called baby disdain. killers. Um, and I've never seen that. No. Uh, I, I mean, there was a, I think, honestly, there was a little bit of that. For Desert Storm and those that served in Iraq and Afghanistan, there was a little bit um, of that for th- for those guys that came home, but it was it was like right at the beginning and it was very small. Still to this day, 
but that was um, a little bit more pronounced and a little yeah. bit more widespread. During the during Vietnam, when those soldiers, even today, those veterans are still scrutinized. Oh um, yeah, even even now. Well, um, the level of PTSD that they came back with. Well, was that insane. and it took it took how many forty years or fifty years for them to acknowledge Agent Orange and what that yeah. did to to the soldiers. We were sitting in uh, the cabin doing the podcast. We had a member of the cabin that died. Uh, he was a Vietnam veteran. Um, shout out, shout out to Donnie Brenneisen. Um and he he um, uh, un- unfortunately got. Uh, for for the way I understand it, I could be wrong in this, but the way I understand it, he had his cancer that he got was a direct result of the Agent Orange from his Viet, his time in Vietnam. Um, so I mean, the U.S. government is directly yeah. responsible for that because yeah. of what they did, and it took them so long to acknowledge it. It was just a crime, yeah. uh, you know, in my opinion. One thing, uh, to kind of bring things locally, uh, one guy that I've mentioned a little bit in the past, and he's kind of been in the news more recently, is. Uh, Representative Doug Mastriano out Good of guy. Chambersburg. Smart guy. Um, he's actually, for those of you who are not aware of who this guy was, he was 20, 25 years, I want to say, maybe longer than that, in the military, and he reached the level of colonel yeah. uh, before leaving. And then literally, quite literally, a year or two after he left the military, which was back in 2019 or 2018, he jumped right into politics because people were asking him to. So he huh. serves... As a rep, but what I brought him up about is that he makes it a very consistent theme of his uh, public life to honor um, people on the day of their death uh, yes. that were in the military. He brings that up pretty readily. People that we wouldn't even know who they are, mm-hmm. he just brings them the light, you know, to honor them, you know, in their sacrifice. And my grandfather um, served in the Air Force uh, during the Korean conflict. Again, another war that wasn't a war. Still, still going on today, but yeah. yet it wasn't a war. It was yeah. conflict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my uncle was in the Korean War. So, but anyway, he he when he got out, um, he went to every single military funeral that he could possibly do, and he uh, he did color guard for the funerals, um, played bugle mm-hmm. uh, to to do taps when they needed somebody to do taps. Um, he would he would do that for every single funeral that he possibly could because he felt that veterans deserve veterans deserve that respect. Yeah. They, they literally they're willing in the moment they're willing to die. Yeah. uh, You know, for what this country believes in. um, And we need to give, and give them all due respect. And it's not just the veterans that have passed away. Either. No. It's the veterans that came back alive, yeah. you know, and intact, yeah. you know, that we celebrate too. Because at any given point, they could have been. That's what I mean. They're they're willing to sign that paper yeah. knowing that every step they take in a foreign land could be their last. Yeah. And they do it anyway. And there have um, been there have been women, there have been men that have absolutely. sacrificed their lives for this country. And we honor them all um, uh i've been watching i think i mentioned this before i've been watching videos of uh expatriated north korean military yeah watching um things about the united states military and one of the things that they could not wrap their head around was the tomb of the unknown soldier um mm-hmm. how much respect we give to somebody to yeah. bones we don't even know yeah. who they belong to and they explained to them that that's why we respect them so much because this person 
We don't even know who they are, but they were willing to die and lay their life on the line for a country that doesn't even know who they are. I think what's sad is that we don't um, put that stuff, that information as much into the public eye as it should be. I mean, I know that there's usually some kind of formality that the White House or whatever the case be usually holds, but how many people actually pay attention to it, you know? And you do have to you do have to be careful that you don't cross into some because there is a thin line. You don't want to cross into some nationalistic, um, fascistic yeah. type of type yeah. of thing. But at the same time, I don't think we're anywhere near there. No, right? I don't. In fact, I think we're the other direction. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. But what, I guess what I'm saying is, is you don't want to you don't want it to be some sort of propaganda thing either where no. they're just naming soldiers yeah. for, for propaganda purposes. So I, I mean, I, I just wanted to, you know, you gotta be careful, I guess is what I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting at. And context is important too. I mean, yeah. you, you have people that are sacrificing their lives for uh, freedom of, you know, people here. It's like uh, Franklin Roosevelt once said, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forgetting time that men have died to win them, men and women have died to win them. Um, so, I mean, we do forget pretty easily, Absolutely. but on the flip Easy side of that, there have been people that have lost their lives in the defense of causes that quite honestly, you know, they lost because they should have. Yeah, sure. Certainly like uh, the Nazis. Yeah. For, I mean, that's a great example of that. Yeah. They deserve to lose. Yeah. Um, we're all thankful that they lost. Yeah. And for the most part, I mean, without being too cold, I'm glad they're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The world is a better place without Adolf Hitler walking it. So there's a there's a new video or a new documentary, and I'm trying to think what it was on where I saw it previewed at. But anyways, <clears throat> they interview a lot of people that uh, lived through those circumstances that were actually they were Germans themselves that lived in the country and they came here to the States or maybe they still lived over there in Europe during, during, after, um, just talking about how a lot of them, a lot of them were talking about how they were unsure as to what was happening with, you know, there, you know, a lot of things that we don't realize is that, you know, again, there were people caught in the middle of this. Sure. Just everyday people just trying to live. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, what if the U S finally lost its mind, you know, yeah, politically as and, if we're yeah as if we're stable yeah <laughs> lost its mind and suddenly we became like the uh total totalitarians you know that everybody fears that we might be become one day and you know what does the military do in that situation you know the yeah. military has signed a document saying that they'll defend the u.s under any circumstances well what happens when the u.s <laughs> becomes the aggressor well that's why you, know? you have that um that's that's a good point actually and that's why they don't take an oath to the United States. Yeah. They take an oath to the Constitution. Yeah. And defend that. They take an oath to defend the Constitution against enemies, both foreign and, and domestic. domestic. So if the government becomes that domestic. Exactly. Case, yeah. Yep. And that's why they take that oath. Uh, every, every, every official in the United States government takes that same oath. So we can see how much they take that seriously. It, it's crazy how, me, how many people today try to invalidate the language of the Constitution, given the fact that it was written in circumstances, although 250, 300 years ago, are still as valid. Absolutely. Still 100%, 110% valid and relevant 
to what's happening today mm-hmm. because history repeats itself. Absolutely. And th- they and were we, smart enough to know uh, the, the, the genius of that document cannot be understated because the, the men who wrote that document knew that, one, they were fighting. They just had fought a bloody war for seven years uh, against a tyrant. So they knew that certain things, um, you know, the citizens needed to have guns. You needed to keep the government out of the citizens' business. All these little things that they, they do would, would um, they would have to put in there. But I think, I think the single most beautiful thing about the Constitution is Thomas Jefferson said that we have to write into the Constitution a way to change the Constitution because I don't want you to have to live under a dead man's thought of perfection. Yeah. So if you if years down the road you feel like this is no longer relevant, there are there are mechanisms within the constitution yeah. to change the constitution. Yeah. Although it, sh- like they say right in the document, it should not be for light and transient causes. No. And that's, that's why, why they, it's so hard to do. Yeah. It's not an easy process if it's followed correctly. And that's mm-hmm. the problem is that, you know, the, the trouble nowadays is that people very, people are very removed from the process. Voters, voters should be the most informed people on the face of the earth. A, vo- a person that goes to a ballot, whether it be for local, federal, or state instances or voting, should understand from point A to point Z what it means to put a bill into effect and what the process looks like and what an amendment. Yeah. Re- you know, an amendment is bigger than a bill. You should have a you should have a knowledge further than just what you. Oh, yeah. Learned on school because that rock. way that way you can understand what's going. I mean, not for anything. Not that you're knowing this to get into politics but you should be you know that's the thing is that we elevate politicians to this level to where we think oh well they just have a specialized understanding of what's going on well yeah because they spend their time reading into this stuff but they also a lot of these narcissistic politicians we get stuck with also know that the common voter doesn't have a clue as to what's going on on and they count on that they count on that so Sorry, I got off uh, no, to a rabbit trail. No, there, but. you make you make a really good point. Um, I think I'm going to say something very com- controversial. I think they should raise the voting age back to 21. Yeah. Or of, or you be made to take some kind of no <laughs> civics test that. <laughs> and the the argument will be made. Well, you have 18 year olds that are getting sent off to war. They should be able to vote, and I agree with that. They should also not be allowed to join the military until they're twenty one either. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's right that we're sending kids. Yeah, that's a good point. To across the world to yeah. die, <laughs> you know. There yes. needs to be some level of uniformity with regards to, um, you know, like drinking age. And it, what's crazy is that you have to be twenty five until your insurance starts to drop. Exactly. But you can go fight a war. And my you- first, yeah, my first. <laughs> You know, my honest opinion is, is that all of those ages should be 25 yeah. because that's honestly, if you, science has shown, that's when your brain is fully developed. That's when you've fully developed emotionally. Most people, um, and, science. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> so my point is, is, you know, as I get older, obviously my 18 year old self would, would slap me for saying this right yeah. now, but 
25 should be the drinking age. 25 should be the voting age. Yeah. 25 should be the age that you go into the military. I understand they want able-bodied men, and that's why they draft you at 18, because you're at your yeah. physical peak at 18. That shouldn't matter. You know what I mean? It, and there's always exceptions to the rule, too, because there's, I mean, there's people develop at different ages. But yeah. at the same time, at the same time, it's hard to make a law based off of small variables, you know. And Point to me an 18-year-old that you'd want to run your company. Doogie Hauser. I mean, there's there are some. <laughs> there I'm are some. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm no, not I saying they you. don't exist, but a good flock of 18 yeah. year olds are not mature enough to run their lives, let alone uh, a fortune 500 company. Yeah. Um, let alone decide the future of the free world. How old was Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, he was when he made Facebook, he was a, well, he would have been in Harvard. So he was out of high school. Yeah. Probably in his mid, Probably in mid his, to late twenties. Yeah. Early twenties. Early twenties. When yeah. he stole the idea for Facebook. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Zing. Uh, but anyway, my I personally think that we should raise all that stuff, but that's why we live in a democracy. Because yeah. everybody can vote on that. I, I really I really think we need to not lower the voting age to 16, like is being proposed in some places. Um, I think in Oregon now, in parts of California, 16-year-olds can vote in local elections and things yeah, like that's, that. Yeah, that's nuts. That's insane. It's in most places, 16-year-olds can't legally drive a car yet yeah. without without somebody in the car with them. Yeah. Why Why do we want to give them the keys to the nation? <laughs> yeah. No. You know what I mean? I, there's definitely something to be said about going too low in that. I mean, this I mean, isn't the limbo. Here's the thing. Uh, you know the thing. You, you have to be 25 to hold any kind of public office. Yeah. Right. You can't be a house of you can't be a representative until you're 25. You can't be a senator till you're 30 or 35. Yeah. Uh, you can't be president till you're 35. Yep. So I think you shouldn't be able to vote for an office unless you can hold it. Yeah. Maybe I'm being facetious here. And what's interesting, too, is that if you look at the age requirements that were I'd have to look back to see when those age requirements were actually set, because I don't know if they were set right at the beginning, right at the beginning. Were they? They are in, they are in, uh, the no, but I mean, in terms of time, like when it was actually, when the laws were amended to reflect those age, cause I'm sure do you mean the 21 drinking age No, or I'm do you mean, I'm talking about serving in public office that was in the constitution proper. Okay. So it was in the actual articles of the constitution, not even the amendments. Okay. It was in there. Uh, you must attain, um, the, can't hold office unless they had already attained the age of okay. 25. So it's I, right in the right in the document. Now, obviously, 25 was a lot older. Well, that's what I was getting at is that you have to also look at uh, age expectation yeah. during that time frame. So, it, relatively, yeah. 25 would be like 40s. 40, 50 yeah. today yeah. Uh, because you had a life expectancy of 40 or, or 45. You yeah. know, was you were surprisingly old. though there were people that lived to be the same age oh, as what people die today. Ben so Franklin it's, and it's and just by and large, that was not the norm. Yeah. So the general population didn't make it. You know, past thirty five, really, I think yeah. was the median uh, life expectancy. Life so was much harder. You you had to be an older person in order to hold those offices. Did you ever read a? about John Adams trips back and forth to Philadelphia for 
the Continental Congress delivery or the deliberations over the Declaration of Independence. I mean, I watched the John Adams show on HBO or Showtime or whatever. Just that was. just the sheer amount of travel back and forth. Like, yeah, his wife was pissed. Literally, he would spend. It would take him. What did they say? I think it was something to the tune of like seven to fourteen days to make a full trip. Or something, because he's on horseback. Yeah, this isn't, this like, isn't like it's he like he hop, can hop in his hop a Delta flight to, <laughs> <laughs> to Philly. It's not like he can hop into his Lexus and drive to Philadelphia in a couple hours. Or hop down. a little puddle jumper, and you're there. I mean, because he didn't live that far. I think he did. He live. I think they lived in Boston area. Yeah, they would have been. In, were they or were, yeah? He yeah, because he would travel south. Yes, to Philadelphia. Yep. So. Boston to Philadelphia now is what? A, a drive would be like four or four and a half hours yeah, a or flight, so. A flight today would be 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. A horse ride. <laughs> yeah, a horse ride. <laughs> you would, a month. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was just saying that because of, you know, life was harder. Yeah. Life was a lot harder, even for stuff that we consider mundane. That's what I'm saying is everything was a fight. Yeah. You, you know, everything was a fight every day to survive was a fight. Yeah. Uh, we're spoiled nowadays oh, compared gosh. to even even as early oh, as Oh, that the, drive down I-95. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. It was backed up. It oh, was my like, God. We were sitting in traffic for two hours. I was so sweaty. My 4G kept going out. I couldn't <laughs> listen to I couldn't listen to my Spotify. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> you know uh but sorry we just went off the rails there. <laughs> well it's true though yeah like we have it even up until the 50s it wasn't until the 50s that you could go to the grocery store yeah. and pretty much get whatever you wanted and even even that wasn't until the 70s to where you had supermarkets yeah like yeah. oranges every day yeah <laughs> you know what i mean uh my my uh my wife's grandfather would tell the story how in their stockings at Christmas, they would get an orange and that yeah. was, that was their treat because oranges were rare yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So to get an orange, he was like, Oh my God, I got an orange. That's fucking great. Nowadays, Nowadays go to the, like, I don't want to, you can get orange. an orange at sheets now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't even For have to go to anywhere. 50 special. Cents, you got yourself an orange at the gas station. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, who would have thought? But but the point is is they they really appreciated that orange yeah because it was it was a, it was special to yeah. them uh, and we don't we just don't get that nowadays everything we have everything right at our fingertips so we started talking a little bit about Memorial Day I thought I just I don't know how much time we have left here but as I've, much time as you need David one <laughs> yeah no don't say that um, we're at thirty four roughly one of the interesting things that I pulled up about Memorial Day, just to give you some historical context here, is that one of the earliest actual um, Memorial Day celebrations was in 18... Get my dates right here. Uh, na, 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 1865. So <gasps> literally the same year that the Civil War ended was the earliest um, uh, memory of the Memorial Day being celebrated. And the interesting thing about this particular celebration is that it was actually um, put together and uh, celebrated by newly freed American uh, people, uh, African Americans that had been freed as a result of uh, new Americans. the new legislation, new Americans. Um, and what they did, and this is this is to be commended because 
um, just because of everything that ties up into that whole era. But nonetheless, they reburied, reburied 257 Union soldiers who had died in a prison camp and were hastily buried. Uh, and they did this in order to give them a proper honor in death. Uh, the new graves were blanketed by flowers and dedicated with thousands of people parading down the racetrack that had in, uh, that had been the site of the prison camp. So they actually had the celebration at the prison camp. And this is um, all recorded in Dr. David Blight's book, uh, Race and Reunion, the Civil War in American Memory. So just to give you some context, I mean, the Memorial Day celebrations really kind of kind of highlight um, coming out of the Civil War. And I think in the context of what's going on nowadays with regards to the perceived race problems that we're having in our country, I think this is an important thing to, to take note of, is yes. that you know there has been significant change in the right direction in yeah. this country. A lot um, of people, a lot of people have died. Yeah. A lot of people have died. Um, throughout the course of this history of the history of this country to make us what we are today. Yeah. Um, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for the sacrifices of the generations before us, not even just militarily, yeah. but um, you know, the great depression was a very hard time. Um, and if, and if the American spirit didn't endure uh, during those times, it would have been very easy for yeah. us to give up. Um, but, but that's not in us. Uh, so we just kept plugging along as we always do. And here we are today. So we stand on, on, on the shoulders of, of many, many, many great men and women throughout history. Um, and this is just a day to recognize that. Yeah. And we, I mean, if you think about it, there were whole garrisons of African-American union soldiers that fought in the civil war. I mean, this was not just a white on white action that was going on. This, nope. this was quite literally um, people fighting for their freedom alongside others for their freedom. So mm -hmm. this was, um, there's a lot to be noted about what happened. That was a um, true battle for the soul of our yeah, country. It was, is what quite it was. Literally. They, they throw that term around yeah, a lot too nowadays. Loosely, too, too loosely. loosely. But that really was, um, that was the battle for the soul of our country. Whether that was the future. Were we going to be a slave nation or were we going to set an example we weren't the first nation to abolish slavery but we were we were one of the first industrialized nations to abolish slavery but and if you think about it we made the most i would say most concrete statement oh yeah about you know the future of slavery Father, in terms of the world brothers fought brothers yeah uh you know family killed family um, for, for, for what we have today. And it's important to go back and realize that not, not all of those statues need to come down. No, uh, you, you know, just because it's a civil war statue doesn't mean it has to come down. There were a lot of the, the civil war was a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you got to remember that it, 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 uh, brings up a lot of bad memories in it and it shows, um, uh, it shows some warts and, and scars, uh, that, that America has, but, um, it's important to see the see the blemishes um, in our country and things like that. Um, speaking of that, uh, a couple of points. We're getting towards the end here. A couple of points I want to make. Um, veterans uh, are in dire need um, right now in our country. Um, there's a lot um, that's 
they're just not being treated the way that they should be treated. Uh, we were reading some stats before uh, before the podcast, and eight percent of the homeless population in this country is uh, our veterans. Um, it was in 2020, I think the number was over 37,000 uh, homeless veterans in this country. Quite honestly, probably one of the most unacceptable. That is wholly unacceptable. If there is any any anybody in this country um, that should not be homeless, uh, it should be the veterans. They they give everything for this country just for us to spit in their face and, and forget about them once they're back. That's a crime. Um, well, the thing of it is, is I mean, I, I would, I mean, and I'm just spitballing here because I don't know the boiled down numbers, but I would imagine that a lot of these individuals come back with some pretty extreme mental, um, yeah, disturbance. PTSD is real. Yeah, and uh, just, I mean, I, I, I know people personally. I mean, just talking about coming back from the Vietnam War. You know, the first was it first Fourth of July celebration. You know, they were diving under cars Mm -hmm. thinking that, you know, there were bombs going off. I mean, if that gives anybody any kind of ideas to where their heads at after coming out of a situation like that. I mean, I mean, I remember being told of stories of, you know, soldiers in the bush, you know, sitting there backs up against a tree, you know, M16 set on auto, not knowing what in the hell is going to come around the corner. They don't know what's going on. They can't. They're not familiar with the terrain. And, you know, if you live in that kind of a fear, you know, for what's about to happen, I mean, soldiers are brave people to do what they do. But to, to disregard the fact that they're not human beings and that they don't have the same level of fear and concern that any other person would put into a situation like that, whether it be trained or cold turkey, you know, is just complete ignorance. I mean, these people are putting themselves into harm's way on the behalf of somebody else so that they don't have to exactly whatever their motivations would have been originally, who cares? They're there. You know, they, they took, you know, they took the oath. They went in, they, you know, for better or for worse, you know, in these cases, mostly worse, you know, but, um, we need to, we just need to treat our veterans better. I think, um, the PTSD can get really bad. I, I know I had a teacher in, in school um, that was a Vietnam veteran. And just to show the level of not disdain, but the, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but they, the kids in school would, they, we would take, not we, cause I would never do this, but kids in, in our school, they would take their, uh, textbooks drop them and on the ground raise them real high up off of their desk and let it slam down on the desk and it would make a very loud bang and it would trigger our teacher's ptsd that's wrong yeah you're 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 fucking with a guy yeah and that's not nice and he ended up uh, again i i don't know all the details of and it. this but is why kids up... didn't survive during certain parts of the <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> So he, he had an episode the one day during school and ended up having to take some time off because of it. But that's not right. No, you know, not. and we need to have more respect for our veterans. They, they do a lot. Another stat that we saw that was alarming to me is um, 17 veterans a day commit suicide in this country. That's unacceptable. Uh, you know, these people need legitimate help. They're, they're, they're human beings that, went through traumatic events that none of us here, unless you've been there and you've been in a conflict, you don't have any idea 
what it what it what it's like to to constantly have bullets whizzing past you. Like I've I've the mo the closest thing I can say that I've been through, and it's not even anywhere close, is I've watched actual combat footage yeah. uh, online, and you can see the fear in these men's eyes. But they're brave enough that they just they just push through it and they go through this stuff anyway as bullets are you can hear them pinging off rocks yeah. that they're hiding behind uh one guy got hit in the shoulder and he's like i'm hit i got it you, you know and you you, you watch this stuff yeah. and you just you cannot fathom well, what, I think, it, what it would be like to be there well i mean you can tell the more you know like the uh the ones that have been in and out of different scenarios you can tell those guys because they're Usually, uh, I think of that movie Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Do you remember Apocalypse Now? The one sergeant or whoever he was. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Was, whatever it is. Is it, is it the one where he's standing? He's got a surfboard or something, and he's like, I always think it's Apocalypse Now. I might be thinking of a different wartime movie, but basically, he's standing. He's got a surfboard, and he's holding the surfboard, you know, and bullets are going off, and you know, explosions <laughs> in the background, and. You know, he's the veteran. He's the one that's been in and out of these scenarios, you know, and he's like, yeah, whatever. It's yep. like a Tuesday to him. But, yep. You know, but but nonetheless, I mean, you you have to go some through some pretty thick shit to, yeah. you know, get grizzled, you know, to that degree to be able to, you know, treat it like as if you were sitting in your cubicle, at, you know, yeah. your job, when, your when, Monday through Friday job. When that kind of level of stress becomes normal. <laughs> yeah. That's when, you know, when you come back to everyday life, oh, I, I feel for these. I feel for these people. Uh, one of these days I have a friend of mine. Um, I have a friend of mine that is a veteran um, and he was a CB um, during the uh, early days of the Iraqi Afghanistan conflicts and Operation Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So he was even in. Um, I don't know any of the particulars, so I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, but what the CBs are is they're like a construction battalion. That's CB, the yeah. construction battalion, uh, part of the Navy. So what they do is they go in with bulldozers and dump trucks and stuff like that. And they build the airports that we're going to use, um, to land our planes and stuff. Gotcha. So those guys have the biggest balls on the planet because while, other soldiers get guns and all this other stuff and weaponry and tanks. These guys are driving bulldozers <laughs> and getting shot at while they're in bulldozers. You know, yeah. it's not like that's what I'm talking. They got cojones the size of grapefruits because they're they're They don't even, I mean, they have weapons and stuff yeah. like that and they can fire back, but they're literally have bullets pinging off of their bulldozers <laughs> and stuff like that as they're building these roads meanwhile he's got his headphones on That's listening what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding yep, boom. Yep, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> just doing his job <laughs> and that becomes normal the to lunch whistle people. goes off That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's and this is this is just every day to these people yeah. and 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 it's not just the CBs. There are a lot of jobs. Yeah. Like they have networker. What we do, they have people that are computer repairmen yeah. that have to sit there while bullets are whizzing past their head while they're putting RJ forty fives and shit together. <laughs> you know. So so what are you? What, what's going on with your mouse, sir? There's a bullet hole. Yep. So I mean, 
all all respect in the world to our veterans. Um, and and I, I just can't say enough. We joke, but yeah, for real, I, I can't pander enough. Uh, and it's not just pandering. I'm, you know, complete uh, sincerity here. You cannot give enough credit to these people. Um, just salt of the earth. Yeah. Uh, first off, until uh, incredible work ethic, just great people. And if you see a veteran today in uniform or otherwise, um, or tomorrow, um, th- this weekend in general, um, shake their hand, give them a thank you. Yeah. Um, it really does mean a lot to them and they may not want the attention in the moment, but they'll think about that later on. Um, and it's really important that we tell these people how much they mean to us, uh, in this country. So, uh, again, you can find us facebook.com forward slash PA between the lines. You can find us on Twitter at the BTL podcast, and you can catch us on our website, the BTL I encourage everyone to go out and check out, um, all of our previous episodes, uh, and hang in there and subscribe so that you can get, um, all of our future episodes as well. We've got some things coming down the pipe. Eventually we'd like to get some YouTube videos going. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, uh, we're under between the lines on YouTube. Go ahead and go there. There's nothing there. You're going to be bored as hell, uh, but you can go if you want to. Um, so go check that out. Eventually, we want to get some YouTube videos going on there. What about our TikTok videos? Where <laughs> they just stare at us. No no TikTok. And, <laughs> and we are officially steering as far away from Omegle as possible. <laughs> um, so um, just check us out on our social media. Um, if you like what you see, leave a comment. Let us know. If you don't, we don't care. Yes. <laughs> so, um, anything you would like to add about Veterans Memorial Day in general? Uh, no, just I hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy the time. Just like Mike said, just uh, go out of your way to say uh, thank you to anyone that's uh, been in the war currently, past, or I say war, serving. serving. Anybody that's serving in the military yep. in any past, capacity present, or, or even Even those that served. plan on serving in the future, you know, give them a pat on the back too. They may not have done it yet, but that's a big decision. Yeah. Um, and to make that decision, um, like your relative, um, all, you know, all power to them. God bless them. God be with them. And, uh, you know, God bless the United States of America. I think that's a good place to stop. America. America. Have a good week. Bye. Have a good week.